This community is so exciting to be a part of. The energy, the need to be better for our world, it's there. And putting people in the same room to communicate and collaborate, it felt, I felt honored to like be a part of connecting that community. Welcome to the Responsibly Different Podcast, sharing stories and insights from people harnessing purchasing power to improve the world. When you become a certified B Corp, one of the very first things you do is sign the Declaration of Interdependence. This is in recognition of the very clear and simple fact that we are all connected. And to help foster those connections, B-Lab supports regional annual events called BLDs, short for B Corp Leadership Development. They're done in partnership with B-Locals all around the globe, and you will frequently hear them referred to as BUILD for short. Builds are intended to be a one-day conference where all the B Corps from a region come together to learn best practices from one another and build community. Last week, June 15th, 2022, was the New England Build, and I had the honor of serving on the planning committee as the content chair alongside Ann Richardson, the marketing chair, Emily Gutman, the logistics chair, Laura Palermino, the accounting chair, and all led by the amazing dream team of co-chairs, Brittany Angelo and Kelly White. We also had B-Lab on site with the new CEO of B-Lab US and Canada, Jorge Fontanez, to deliver the State of the Bee that was also live streamed, which was truly a highlight of the day. For today's episode, I sat down with the two co-chairs of the planning committee, Brittany and Kelly, to share their reflections on this year's New England build. To uh, kind of get us started here, I'd love to hear a little bit about both of your companies. I know, Brittany, you were the first person we ever had on the show two years ago. I'm curious what's new at Revision Energy. Oh, what is new? Probably everything. <laughs> um, well, I guess for starters, um, my role title is still the same, but what I do day to day has changed a lot. So I still do a lot of marketing for Revision Energy, but a new kind of subset of my role that I've taken on is education for the company. So Revision's marketing team, yet to be renamed, but we are moving into more of an education field of the marketing sector. And myself and a few other colleagues, we now go into elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools, and we do different presentations based on the age of the students related to the climate crisis. So for instance, if we're talking to a second grade class, we're probably talking to them about recycling and composting and where your trash actually goes and how it feeds into the closed loop system of our environment. Um, And then if we're talking to fourth graders, we're going to talk to them more about renewable energy versus non-renewable energy and just how they pollute our environment differently. Um, and then if we're talking to high schoolers, we're going to be talking to them about the the industry that they might be interested in getting involved in. And are they interested in going to college or trade school? Do they want to work with their hands and be electricians? Or do they rather be designers that are selling the systems um, that we install at Revision? So 
Um, that's kind of taken over my life. Um, that's probably been the better part of the last year and a half, um, getting that division started at Revision. And then the other exciting thing is between now and the last time we talked, um, Revision did recertify for the fourth time, and I was the project manager on that. So I now can officially say I helped Revision recertify, and I went through the B impact assessment. Love that. That's so exciting. Uh, and Kelly, share with us about Breckenridge. What, what do y'all do and, and what is your role there? Yeah. So Breckenridge is a Boston-based asset management firm, and we specialize in the fixed income space in the market. We've been incorporating environmental, social, and governance, otherwise known as ESG, uh, for the folks who don't know, into our investment process for just about a decade now. And so I'm the director of corporate sustainability in my role which is pretty new at Breckenridge. It was created in 2020. And I think it really just shows how far we've come in prioritizing our own firm-wide corporate social uh, responsibility. So um, I guess in my role, I handle things like our B Corp certification, similar to Brittany. Last year, we recertified, um, and that was my first time taking on the certification on my own. And I also uh, work on our volunteer volunteerism and philanthropy efforts um, and broadly just work on policies and strategies for other topics that would fall under that B impact assessment kind of umbrella. So things like environmental policies, diversity, equity, and inclusion, employee well-being, and other things like that. Awesome. Love that. And I'm just curious, why is B Corp certification important to, to both your companies? Uh, I'll go first. So um, when we decided to bring that ESG consideration into our investment process, we really felt like it was an appropriate time to measure our own impact in the same areas. And we always use this phrase, turning the lens on ourselves. And so, you know, I think if we're asking the companies and the municipalities that we invest in to review their own policies and, and we're advocating for those ESG best practices, it's only fitting that we would model that in our own right and, and measure our own impact. And so uh, the B Corp certification really allows us to do that, which is really great. And of course, a huge added bonus is the amazing community of uh, B Corp folks that we can learn those best practices from. And that, you know, of course, brings Brittany and me here today talking about the BLD. Um, and I'll kind of piggyback onto what Kelly mentioned and say similarly, but totally different, Revision Energy is asking our customers, our homeowners, our commercial partners to care about the environment and to spend the extra money to, to put that upfront investment in solar technology to get their energy um, instead of from dirty fossil fuels. And if we're asking our customers and our partners out in the world to care about the environment when they're using electricity, we think it's only right that we also look internally at ourselves and make sure that we're caring about the environment in every way, shape, and form that, that we can as a business. And oftentimes that includes a lot of our communities that we work in, the people that work at our company, but then also just how we're treating people in general. So B Corp certification means a lot to us. Um, we're pretty proud to have it. Well, the other side of Revision Energy is we're just really proud to be an employee-owned company, which we who work here believe that B Corp certification goes hand-in-hand hand with being employee-owned. Amazing. Love that. So now the, the thing that we're here to chat about today, the New England Build, how did you both get involved with the with the New England Build and, and Be Local Boston and all of that? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a great question. And I, I mean, I love it because this community is one that I never want to step away from. And I'm so glad that I found it when I did. And to those of you who are listening, if you don't already know about the New England BLD, 
the New England B Corp community reach out. We want to grow this community and we want you involved. But I, I mean, I'll shout out a few of my friends that brought me in. Justin Wright and Kelsa from Habitus Incorporation. Um, they were they were the two that kind of found me when I first started at Revision. Um, and I attended just one little networking event that the B Local Boston Board put on. And the community was just so welcoming and respectful of one another and inclusive. I don't know the words to say it, but it just felt like home Mm -hmm. the second I walked through the doors. And it was this contagious feeling that I never wanted to lose. And because of my personality, I go all in on everything. So I was like, what more can I do to be surrounded by this community every moment and not just at a networking event once a month. So from there, they were like, oh, well, why don't you help us plan the events? So I started helping plan events for the board. And then that led into helping plan the BLD, which is the annual conference that brings the B Corps together across the whole community in New England. And then again, I mean, from there, I just, I had to keep going. I had to stay involved. I, I, I didn't see a way to not be involved in gathering this community because to me, it was it was just home. It, there was no better place um, than being surrounded by a bunch of fellow B Corps. Yeah. And, and I'll say um, I was interested in getting involved myself in the B Local Boston board a couple years ago in their more recent elections, and they were wildly well attended, which is incredible. And when I didn't end up in one of those roles, um, it was suggested that I look into the BLD planning committee um, and Brittany herself, actually, and and Chad Nichols from Blue Wave, they interviewed me, I guess if you want to call it interviewing for a volunteer role, and here we are. Um, and quite honestly, selfishly, I think I joined originally because I just wanted to learn from people. You know, we talked a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I knew that was going to be a big part of my new role. And so I was like, this would be a great community to learn some best practices from. But then once I found myself in it, you know, it, it was such a rewarding experience. And the people People I've met along the way, you know, they're the reason why I keep coming back, um, you know, now in my second year. So last year was my first year. I was co-chair of the logistics committee and we debated for weeks if we wanted to do in-person or virtual or do some sort of hybrid. And of course, all of those options put me in a place where I was going to be planning logistics for an event for the first time ever, which was very intimidating, but I was up for the challenge. And when we ended up going virtual, I was just incredibly proud of the work, the final product that this group and our volunteers had pulled off with, you know, a whopping three days of content and speakers. And so, uh, of course, this year I moved into that co-chair role with Brittany. And I have to just give her a shout out because she is a powerhouse and a born leader. Um, And I honestly was honored this year to um, learn from her and get up on the stage at UNH and and share the stage with her. Oh, I'm going to echo that sentiment. (laughs) Yeah, you both are rock stars. Yeah, and I just want to say, I know that I'm a ball of energy. That's just the personality I have. But Kelly was the brains behind the operation. She just held us all together. She kept, I mean, honestly, though, you kept me calm in moments of, like, pure panic that, like, didn't need to be happening. So I think we made a great team for for those who plan BLDs in other regions I don't know if you all use the co-chair method of planning a BLD, but I think it works really, really well. I think the way that we do it is it's all volunteer-based, and I think co-chairing the conference makes it 
reasonable for people to hold the 40 hour work week at a B Corp and then be able to volunteer for this community. And knowing that not everything was on my shoulders and I had a team behind me and Kelly alongside me, it, it made being able to do my normal job still happen while volunteering for something that I was clearly very passionate about. Yeah. And we, we do joke that we're the dream team. You know, our personalities are so vastly different that I think that they just played to each other's strengths so well. You know, when I needed an uplift and, and some, some direction, Brittany had it. And when she needed a little sense of calm, I had it, you know, so I think it just really, really worked well. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo dream team for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So now let's, let's talk about this year's build. How I'm curious, how are you both feeling coming out of it? Tired. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tired, but in the best way, tired, like fulfilled. Um, this is so embarrassing, but it's the B Corp community. So I'm here to share, to be vulnerable with you all. Um, when I was talking to my mom, who is my best friend, I told my mom, I was like, I only can imagine that this is what my wedding is going to feel like. I was so present and in love with the moment in the day and I was like I worked so hard to see this all come together like like a relationship and then there I was standing <laughs> like on a stage at the altar is what I said to my mom with Kelly like by my side and I was like I was so proud of what we did together and how we got here and then we had a huge party like the whole conference was the party that like we dreamed of and we brought a bunch of people together in this way of like, I'm proud. I feel honored to have been able to stand on that stage. I don't think I could ever do it again. But like, I'm fulfilled. I'm relaxed, but I'm a little tired. So I'm looking forward to the next few weeks of just enjoying what it was. Yeah. And I think similarly, you ride this high for so long, right? Um, as all, all of us can attest to. Um, and the couple weeks leading up to it, like you're not thinking about anything other than this day going off, hopefully without a hitch. The day of you're just like cruising through almost like bird's eye view fly in the wall. Like you you feel like it's an out-of-body experience. And, and you all can agree. Like I shut off until our meeting. We had a meeting this morning to debrief a bit. I almost didn't answer any emails. I just needed a few minutes to like process it all in my brain. But that being said, you know, again, we discussed this morning um, with our committee, just a quick debrief. And I think what I had said in that meeting was that I'm really just appreciative for the support of our co-chairs. I mean, Brittany and I could do so much, but our co-chairs have been included. And their various committees and the volunteers the day of, it was really fascinating to see them all come together. These folks who have full-time jobs and probably little to no event planning and pull off such a wonderful experience and event for our community. Um, and I think for me, just the smiles on the attendees' faces throughout the day and the connections that I could see they were all making made the whole six plus months, year-long months of planning worth every bit. And so looking back on the planning and then, but also the day of, what would you say were some highlights, like moments you were most proud of? I mean, that state of the bee was magical. Uh, the energy, the excitement, and Kelly and I had to step away at the very beginning for a quick second, but to walk back in that room and see everybody dancing and partying, that was fun. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, and for me, the highlights really were just being together in person. Again, some of these folks I've been talking to for two years and have never seen in person. And so just like kind of coming in, giving a hug, being together in person and seeing the day materialize was really big. It's just an indescribable feeling, I would say. Yeah, it was fun to overhear a few of like the morning networking conversations of just attendees saying like, oh, I can finally put a face to your name. Like, can I hug you? It's so great to meet you in person. So that was all really, really awesome. Um, but then like just quickly catching up with the speakers after they had their sessions, multiple speakers just kept saying like, wow, this community is so exciting to be a part of. The energy, the need to be better for our world, it's there. And putting people in the same room to communicate and collaborate, it felt I felt honored to like be a part of connecting that community. But I mean, Ben, you were there. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for me, I was just like a ball of nerves, I think. And I think I even told you all that I was just going to be like a nervous wreck till the end of the day. Um, but I was I, but I but I found that as soon as we were on site that morning that. I was like, okay, like, you know, it's almost like getting ready for a flight. I don't know about anybody else, but I sometimes get really nervous to fly like in the days leading up to it. But once I'm in the airport sitting at the gate, I'm like, game on, I'm fine. Right. And I feel like for me, this was very much the same where it was like a lot of, oh my gosh, do we have all the things we, you know, running through checklists, like, okay, d- you know, what are we missing? What are, what are, you know, what am I not thinking about or whatever? But then the day of it was like, you know, we're not performing open heart surgery, right? No one's going to die. And really everyone just wants to be together. You know, and and so it was just such a uh, a, a beautiful day, and and to have to see that community come together and see, you know, to to your point, like folks meeting for the first time in person and have only ever known each other as floating heads on a screen, like you know, I mean, that's I mean, that alone is 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 pretty magical. So yeah, I think I'm just feeling really proud of the work that the whole you know extended planning committee and and everybody did. And, you know, I think many hands make for light work and yeah. Ben, I love, I love your description of the nerves and the, the airplane. I think if anyone who was an attendee could see all of us fluttering around the night before and like that nervous energy that was happening versus the calm we all walked into knowing that we had to just trust the process, you know, we had done all the work mm-hmm. and here we are, you know, um, and it, it's a perfect description of, of how, you know, it all we all felt when we got there so and so i'm curious what about learns like what are things that you know from and 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 you both have been now kelly i know you said you were part of and i know because i was with you part of it last year Brittany, how many builds have you done um so this was my second year co-chairing a build but i ran logistics back in 2019 when it was in person at el nova so technically third build to some degree being a part of the planning yeah so so Two to three, you know, two to three builds uh, in our pockets. What are some things that uh, were huge learns from this process and, and the day of that you'll be remembering and, and carrying forward? Yeah, I'll I'll start on this one. So I think one of the challenging parts of being so involved in the planning is you don't always get to attend all the sessions. Um, that said, I know all of our speakers this year and last year um, hit it out of the park. So I would say most of my learnings came more from the process than the content at the build itself. And I think we were really lucky to have such a big group of volunteers show up for us, Mm. not just the day of, but through the whole planning process. And I think 
each co-chair really needed to to put on their project manager hat and, and delegate out responsibilities because it is really challenging when you know what you have to do and you kind of just want to like move forward and do it and, and you forget to delegate out. And so certain people carry the load more than others. So I think that is a really important takeaway. I think, you know, we, we did well in some parts this year and did not so well in other parts. And I think we can improve upon that. But I also think a big area of improvement and, and a takeaway for us for this year is really to have some sort of playbook that provides the group kind of suggested ways to do things. Like, why are we reinventing the wheel when, you know, all of us have done this? We've reached out to sponsors. We've, you know, built content and speakers and things like that. And so what can we do to make it easier for the next volunteers that step into these roles? I, I just think that that will help us be the most efficient committee that we can be moving forward. Yeah, I think. Kelly really nailed that one. I think I think what we also learned was the more the more people that we can get involved early on in the process, the better off we'll be. We had to onboard a few people halfway through planning and I think that getting people up to speed is a lot harder than you think. Um so although you're like, "Oh, many hands make for light work," sometimes onboarding halfway through is hard. So Going into the build planning for 2023, I think starting off with more volunteers planning the conference early is going to be helpful to just ensure that we have backfill if somebody does need to step down um, and just make sure that we don't leave too much work to any one person. Because like we've kind of said throughout the whole thing here, we all do have full-time jobs and this is us volunteering and we don't want to run anybody so dry that they're like, this was too hard. I don't want to volunteer and have like something take up 40 more hours in my week. So I think just knowing that more volunteer members early on is better off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Um, And so speaking of, you know, because and knowing too that builds are things, you know, of course, we're talking about the New England build, uh, but they're these are events that happen all around the country and the world organized by be locals and whatnot. Right. Uh, for other folks listening, can y'all kind of talk through the structure of how our build was set up to support volunteers and, and, and support one another? Yeah. I'll go first and Kelly just chime in if I forget something, but so we had Kelly and I leading as the co-chairs. Um, and in a sense, like we project managed the whole thing. Um, underneath us, we had four committee chair members. So we had a logistics chair member, shout out Emily Gutman at Damagi. We had Ben Marine, at, our, our host today. Um, you did content as a content chair. We had a marketing chair, which was Ann Richardson of Richardson Media Group. And then we had Laura Palomino from Breckenridge Capital Advisors as our accounting chair. So Kelly and my job was to manage and make sure that those four chair members all felt supported and were connecting and talking to each other because through those committees, um, there's a lot of overlap, uh, contents talking to speakers, but then marketing needs to get speakers bios on the website. Accounting is asking for sponsorships and watching ticket sales, but then they need to talk to all those speakers about what don't what goods are they donating and logistics has to work those into the day of flow so all four of our committees we met weekly all together so six of us on a call and um 
we just basically reported out like, what are we working on and how can we stay connected and continue to work together? Um, and then underneath each one of those committee chairs, we had subcommittee groups and the subcommittees could range anywhere from one person to five, six people, um, just depending on what the committee is and what they really were doing. Accounting had a smaller committee, content had a larger committee, and um, marketing had a larger committee. And I think it worked really well having those two groups with larger committees because then they could focus on specific tasks. Um, so for instance, marketing had one person doing all of the digital social media and then they had one person doing all of the website updates because um, there's a lot of things that fall under marketing. So I think all in all, we had 20 volunteers that were helping us for the better part of six months to run the conference. I'll also say, you know, I don't, um, we didn't come up with this process on our own. I, you know, the current structure does come from recommendations from the team at B Lab. They, um, you know, they oversee the various builds across the country um, and, try to provide some guidance. And so when it comes to those various committees, I don't think we were kind of flailing trying to figure out what groups we create. Um, they give kind of a suggested structure in terms of the marketing and the content. Um, you know, one area I'd say we we had adjusted from last year is last year we had a DEI chair specifically kind of sitting on mm. their own. And what Brittany and, had, and I had decided this year was that we really felt we'd be better served kind of having a liaison in each group or just making sure we were having constant conversations in each topic in content, marketing, sponsorship, to make sure um, that we were covering the basis, that we were thinking about everything that we could to make sure that this was the most inclusive event that we could have. Um, and so that was kind of a change for us from last year, I would say. Yeah. And, and I would say too, I just want to shout out um, Erica Anderson Putnam and Bianca Gonzalez, because they were on both the marketing and the content committee. And I think having some volunteers have a foot in each of those was really helpful, it, you know, at least, especially in content marketing where there is so much overlap because marketing can't really do anything without the content from content and vice versa. Like there's just a lot of back and forth. So having those couple of folks on both committees was was super helpful for sure. Um, and and so I'm curious when, when thinking about next year, would and, and also recognizing, you know, there might be new new faces, right? And all of that. Do you do like structurally? I mean, I feel like this structure worked really well, but I'm curious like to hear y'all's thoughts. What, is there anything that you would change structurally for next year or are any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I I think in terms of the structure, it does serve us pretty well. I think the co-chairs that end up in those roles really have to communicate well and be well organized. Um, and it does, to Brittany's point, kind of allow for each of these areas to, of work to happen in parallel. And then all of us come together on a weekly basis as the, the co-chairs of the committee and try to get an, a bird's eye view of how that's all coming together, um, which is important because you don't want the work to happen in silos. Um, but Ben, I think to your point, having those liaisons, either, you know, someone who just kind of attends a meeting here and there or is willing to do the work and volunteer on both committees is really important. We did that a bit last year as well um, because there just needs, again, things can't happen in a silo. There needs to be more often communication or more frequent communication um, between the different committees. And I think that that really helped us out. I don't have much to add other than. If you attended this year's New England BLD, 
and you want to get involved to any degree, even if it's just five minutes every week or 10 hours every month, whatever, I mean, please reach out. We, sitting on the planning board for the BLD in some capacity for three years, I've seen a lot of the same faces now. And I would really like to see some different faces, some different voices be part of the planning committee for next year's BLD. Um, And that's not to say that if you helped out these past two years, we would love to have you back. Um, We want you back because you're a powerhouse and you helped plan two very different but two awesome BLDs. But I just think that um, me, myself, I I do plan to step down. I do not plan to be co-chair again next year. And to that matter, I really hope that I just am a subcommittee member, but I do know that if there's not enough volunteers, I will step up because I, this conference is too important to me. But I'm hoping that some new voices, some new faces are heard and seen in the planning committee. So if you attended for the first time this year, please reach out. We want, it doesn't matter if you have experienced planning events or you don't, there will be others to help guide and lead the conversation when it needs to be guided. But we just, we want new ideas. We want new perspectives from brand new B Corps or long-term B Corps that have been certified for 10 years. Like whatever it is, your experience matters and we want to hear from you. So don't be shy to reach out um, in whatever way you can get a hold of us. We, there's so many different platforms, but um, emailing BeLocalBoston at gmail.com would be the best way to reach out to get involved for next year. Awesome. Love that. And speaking of, uh, you touched on this a little bit, uh, how last year was so different. So last year we organized a virtual build and it was three days long. Uh, Mm -hmm. How would you compare your experiences organizing the virtual build last year versus the one day in person this year? Wildly different. So the BLD is meant to be an annual one-day conference, and B-Lab provides the structure for that conference for the committees to run with and organize. Um, so I, th- I think the idea is that if we can, we always do this one-day conference in person. But obviously, we all know what happened in 2020 and why we had to pivot to virtual. I think it worked for our community because I think we were all unsure of where our world was. We weren't ready to gather in person, but we needed to gather. And the best way for us to do that was through a virtual platform. And we had so many speakers who wanted to speak at the 2021 BLD that the only way that we could capture all of their messages in these very thoughtful workshops was to have them be longer and across three days. So I think it worked. I hope we never have to go back to virtual knowing how much the community needed in person this year. Yeah. And I'll chime in and just say that there were truly pros and cons to both, but I find that this far into this kind of new virtual hybrid world, some people really do have a hard time staying engaged remotely. You know, I think 
part of our problem last year, maybe people were multitasking. Not everybody was on camera. You know, we saw people kind of coming in and out and dropping at different sessions and things like that. And we were trying to get really creative with networking because networking is such an important part of this conference, of this community coming together. But it made it really challenging when we never knew how many people we were going to be able to push into breakout rooms and things like that. And we can all agree that nothing matches the energy you get from making in-person connections. Um, so I, of course, preferred this year. But I have to give a shout out, you know, saying all that to the B Lab and CoLab teams for just rocking the state of the B. I have just never seen a more successful hybrid session where if you were there um, or not there, there were a bunch of Zoom call-ins on the screen behind the speakers and all of us in the audience could see them and they could all see us. Um, and it was just a very cool hybrid session. And I was just really so impressed with how they brought the energy and had both the in-person audience, like Brittany said, dancing around in their seats and the people on screen dancing around in their seats. And like, they really were connecting together. And if for any reason we have to go back to that kind of virtual world or do some sort of hybrid event, I hope that we can take our learnings from that um, and apply it because it was just a sight to see for sure. Absolutely. I do think what's cool about that hybrid is just the accessibility of it too for you know folks that m might not be able to make it to a physical thing for whatever reason um it is kind of cool and I, and I agree i think that that the way that they executed that was really brilliant uh i'm curious what advice do y'all have for people organizing builds in other regions yeah i'll say it's just never too early to start i mean i think no matter how you know Brittany reached out to me i think in November, December this year. And I was like, this is crazy. It's too early. It is not too early because at the last two weeks, you're always still scrambling. Um, and so I think the earlier you can get those conversations going, the better. And again, that playbook idea of just whatever you can do to try to make it easier for your next batch of volunteers coming in, keeping some of the old faces and keeping some of that knowledge, um, but also making sure you have those new faces and have a way to say, this is how you do it. And we're not going to all kind of do things that make the work harder. I think those would be in, important pieces of takeaway. Right. Well, and I also, I mean, echo all of that, but I also think making sure that your volunteers are tracking what they're doing on the same platform. It was a little hard this year because we had a few of us on the committee that can't access Google Docs as easily as everybody else with their work emails. And in a sense, like this toolkit that B-Lab provided us lives on Google. And you look back and I'm like, there's so much stuff still missing and it's not in this toolkit for next year's group. So just continuing to have that like repetitive voice of save your work in Google um, so that we have it, that definitely is going to be hard now uh, going back and, re and saving all that stuff. But it will be important and then I have to keep re-reminding myself, like, the BLD in-person conference is over, but the work doesn't necessarily stop. Like, mm. it is still our job to follow up with attendees, to send out recordings of the things that we have, and to keep the conversation going. Because what I heard loud and clear is people appreciated us bringing them together, but they also, they look to us. And they need, they need people to lead in this community and continue to open the conversations up. And so one major role that I have is I, I do sit on the Be Local Boston board, um, which is 
I'm the only one on the planning committee that that has that role of connecting the two groups. And I do see it in as part of my job to make sure that the board sitting in Boston like continues to keep this community together because the board is supposed to be what connects the community for the rest of the year. And I do think that a lot of my role now, I need to keep the energy going and I need to keep mm. the community gathering with the events chairs on the board and the engagement chairs and just continuing to give our New England B Corps this space to connect and communicate because that's what is the largest takeaway from the conference is these past COVID years, people were working in silos and they need to have the space to stay connected. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm curious what has been most rewarding about your experiences with the New England build over the years? Well, the most rewarding thing for me was the day after the conference and seeing the appreciations just come flowing in. I mean, honestly, like there's a community out there of people that really appreciate the work that our planning committee put into the BLD and they were not shy about letting me know, which I love. And to all of you that are listening that wrote me notes, like, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It made the day after me sitting alone in my house, like so much better because I was like, wow, it was all worth it. And Kelly wrote me the sweetest note that I will never forget um, about how much she just loved working with me. And it meant the world to me. It, it gave me the energy to keep going as tired as I was. But being able to see myself up on stage and come out of, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a shell. If you know me, you know, I don't have a shell, but to know that I could address a group of 200 attendees in an auditorium and talk to them in a real way. I mean, I think my stage presence um, just grew into like this life of its own and I won't be afraid to get up on stage again. Yeah. I mean, I have to echo that, Brittany. I, I never pictured myself. I get panicked speaking in front of 10 people. So the fact that we were up there on stage in front of that many attendees was a huge learning and growth opportunity for sure. Um, and certainly made easier by the fact that we were up there together and um, we had a couple hype people that were laughing at our jokes, thankfully, and giving us a couple woohoos from the audience. Um, and so that was really incredible. And again, seeing those photos afterwards um, was really great. And I sound like a broken record, but I, I really think the most rewarding part is just this community. I mean, I think when you're just a B Corp and you're reading all the newsletters and you're trying to learn the best practices. It's one thing and it's great resources, but it's really incredible when you can work with these people or talk to the community or be on virtual calls with them for years even. And then you go through this process um, and we meet in person and it's just like nothing you've ever experienced. It's like you've known these people for years, even though you've just been kind of virtually talking to each other behind a screen. And so I think that has been really incredible. Um, and there's just really some great A humans on this planning committee and in this community that I just love being part of. I mean, I feel pretty strongly to say that like this group of people that I planned the conference with and that I met from the B Corp community, like they're friends for life. And I feel strongly about that for you two and others out in the community. And 
you there you don't just make best friends as easily as an adult as I just did by joining this community. So if you're looking for a new best friend, jump on the planning committee. <laughs> Speaking of, but, oh, no, keep going. Well, I was, I mean, I was going to, I think we were going in the same spot. I was going to say like, truly though, like recruitment starts now for next year. Um, we, we need to pass over the torch to the next group of people that want to plan. And like Kelly said, I mean, her and I really started planning back in November. And I think that we were a little late in planning, to tell you the truth. And I think if we if we have the 2023 BLD co-chairs in place by September, and then they can start grabbing their committee chairs before the holidays, I mean, people usually check out for November and December anyways with the end of the year. But if you're able to onboard and get the volunteers up to speed in September, then that's that's putting yourself in a great position for the 2023 build. And New England's kind of always done the build around Juneteenth. So it would be cool to see that continue to happen in future years. But with a new group of volunteers and planning committee, I mean, it's totally up to them when they want to hold a conference. So I can't say it enough please reach out to us because I want new voices. I I think this community is way too large to keep hearing my voice at this conference. So please replace me, please. (laughs) Also, the other thing is thinking about planning earlier next year. I know this year we had UNH kind of on lock because it was supposed to be the location for 2020 and then, you know, pandemic life hit. Um, but that's, I think, something that the that next year's planning committee is really going to have to think long and hard about is, like, where do you want to have it, you know, and, and booking locations. And um, especially in the summer months in New England, I mean, it, it can be tough to book spots. So Right. And certainly tr- trying to bring in the whole New England community and trying to be thoughtful about how far people are going to have to drive and who had to drive the farthest this year. Can we get somewhere a little bit closer to them next year, you know, because we do want to keep this a whole community event. Um, But I will pump the brakes on Brittany and just say, we need a few weeks to just unwind and revel in the successes, I think. You know, as she said, we have a a little bit of debriefing to do and kind of follow-ups to send out. Um, But after that, enjoy the summer but reach out, you know, for next year and we'll get planning hopefully in the fall of this coming year or this year. So love that. And what are some of the roles that that y'all will be looking to fill? All of them. All of them. <laughs> I just say, you know, if you're a marketing whiz or a content pro or um, have any experience in fundraising or event planning or designing, we need you um, absolutely because we need your knowledge and experience. Um, but even if you've done none of those things, your voice is still needed. You'll have good ideas no matter what what role you have. So committee members, for sure, in all of those roles, um, you know, we haven't really debriefed on the current chairs and co-chairs to see who wants to kind of re-up for next year. Um, But I just say all of them, if you're interested, reach out. There's always a spot as a subcommittee member. um, And that's a great way to start if you're nervous about not knowing where to begin. But we had a few brand new people to the community this year that were co-chair, were content chairs. Nope. Committee chairs. And it was a great way to learn and be welcome into this community by planning the conference. So 
don't be afraid to reach out even if you are brand new to the community. Um, your voice is still appreciated and needed. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Brittany, but if folks are interested in joining the planning committee or a subcommittee, who should they reach out to? The best way to get in contact would be through the Be Local Boston board, which is BeLocalBoston at gmail.com. Um, but if you know somebody who was on the planning committee this year, I mean, feel free to reach out to them too and ask like, hey, what did you think of it? How did it go for you? I'm sure they would love to talk about their experience and then they'll put you in touch with Kelly and I. I mean, if you have our emails, reach out to us as well or Ben. We just, we want to find the right spot for you. So reach out and we'll, we'll start the conversation. Love that. And curious, any parting thoughts? Well wishes, advice, closing sentiments? I'll say if you attended the BLD this year, thank you. Um, I said it while I was up on stage, but having the community show up in person was amazing. To know that the group trusted us to to give up a whole day of work, to hear what, what we worked on, and they, they showed up for us, which was really rewarding. So thank you if you attended. If you sponsored, a huge thank you, because we didn't know if we were going to get enough donations and if we were going to have enough money to backfill everything that we paid for. So thank you to those companies that sponsored. And if you were a speaker, then your voice was huge. And we loved hearing from you. And I appreciate to those speakers that put in the time and effort to preparing for their presentations. It w- everything was wildly successful. And I heard nothing but positive reviews about our speakers. So just thank you. If you're in this community and you showed up and you were involved, it was it couldn't have happened without you. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better. And, you know, I think f- your feedback will make every year moving forward better. And so we want to hear from you. Um, we're hoping to put out a survey at some point. But just reach out if you, again, have any of our contact information because we always want to improve um, and hear what you liked, what you didn't like. I know that there was even a couple of folks from other builds across the country that were in attendance at our New England build, which was pretty incredible to see. Um, and specifically to you, you know, what did you see at ours that you liked or didn't like in comparison to your own? And, you know, again, just thank you. Thank you to the volunteers, speakers, sponsors, um, and all the attendees. You've all been fantastic. And we were lucky to be able to be there with you all. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode in the official show notes, which are linked to right in your podcast player. I have links to the leadership of all the folks that were on the planning committee. If you want to get in touch with them. And if you want a truly incredible experience of volunteering with some of the most amazing humans, consider volunteering with a build in your region. I encourage you to look into attending a build in your region, whether or not you volunteer. I know a lot of the other builds in U.S. and Canada are taking place later this summer and into the fall. So definitely uh, take a peek for what's happening in your in your area. One other little nugget that we did this year that might be inspiring for other builds and folks that are organizing right now is that we set up an action center where attendees could participate in a collective action with real world impact. 
We partnered with Vote Forward to adopt voters and write letters to help turn out the vote in the fall. We also had a QR code that folks could scan to sign on to the B Corp support letter. More about that in the show notes with a link as well for folks that are interested in having their company sign on. Um, And we were really excited to have Sophia El-Husini and Age Marshall from the Class Action First Gen Summit in attendance. They brought lots of energy to the build, sharing their passion for working with first generation college students. Age is a Be Local Boston board member and founder of the First Gen Summit. And Sophia is a sophomore at NYU Steer School of Business and a First Gen Summit student planning committee member. And at the conference, Sophia and Age shared with the Build community the strengths that first-gen students bring to their work, but also the systemic challenges they faced in transitioning from the role of first-gen college students to first-gen professionals. I encourage you all to reach out and learn more about this awesome initiative and how you might be able to support their work. Links to both Sophia and Age's LinkedIn profiles are also in the show notes. Till next time, be responsibly different. This episode was produced by yours truly, Ben Marine, and the music was written and performed by our very own Kevin Oates. To learn more about Responsibly Different and access the other resources we have available to you, visit responsiblydifferent.com. To learn more about our parent company, Dirigo Collective, and Responsibly Different Ventures, visit dirigocollective.com. Dot com. That's D-I-R-I-G-O collective dot com.